0: So I was passing through my hometown today in Thurlis and we drove past the Garda station and I was reminded of uh, an incident that happened uh, a good number of years back when I was getting my driving licence. So I was in the office talking to the the guards uh, inside and just getting the documentation filled out. And then a guard came in and looked at me, kind of looked me up and down and said, "Uh, do you want to step into a, a line out for, you know, I said, ooh, that sounds interesting. I thought, my 18-year-old self thought, this could be good for a homily someday. No, that wasn't wasn't my thought. Uh, So I thought, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Well, yeah, why not? Good, yeah. So I went in, there was just this big glass window, you know, we couldn't see in. Obviously, they could see through. And then you're kind of looking down along the line going, one of us is a criminal. Maybe it's me. So you kind of, you you know, you have to play the role, like, I mean, just kind of stand there with a squint. Turn to the right, turn to the left, and so on, and um, and uh, you're kind of kind of trying to guess which one is it, <laughs> which one do I think it is, you know? So there I was, playing all hard, playing all cool, playing all tough, and then uh, the voice of the guard came in over the microphone, number three, and I was like, that's me, that's, that's me. He said, ah, "Your mom's outside, she's waiting for you, and she, she wants you to come out <laughs> so, Oh yeah. Okay, so (laughs) so that was my moment of I could have been a criminal completely, uh, that that bubble burst. But it does does raise the interesting question, like that that question I had looking up and down along the line. What does evil look like? What does badness look like? Do you know, is it obvious that someone is good or is it obvious that someone is bad? You know, is sin always ugly, hideous, and visible? No, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, Today, our reading... It's not the reading of Saint Anthony of Padua. Uh, it's the reading of the day, but it's, a, it's a, a fascinating little account, a fascinating story of, so, Naboth who has a vineyard, evidently a nice one because King Ahab wants it. King Ahab wants this vineyard. Again, in and of itself, that's not a sin. I see something you like, I want it, okay. Now, if I start plotting and conniving to get it, that's kind of different. But if I see you have a nice car, I think that'd be nice. I'm going to work harder nothing wrong with that. If I say you've got a degree or something like that and think well they, they're educated yeah I'm going to work harder so I too can be educated. That, seeing what someone has if that motivates you to do better if you're seeing how, some, how well someone prays or how pure someone is <clears throat> and that inspires you to be more virtuous wonderful. So that's not a problem on its own. The problem is what you're willing to do to get it. If you're willing to work harder great. If you're willing to beg borrow steal connive and murder that's a different thing altogether. So Jezebel, it's not a very common name for girls these days, uh, with good reason, uh, with good reason. Jezebel is the epitome of an evil woman in, 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 in scripture. She is proper awful. Um, so she's, she's married to, to Ahab. She's the one who introduced Baal, the, the, the worship of Baal and the worship of this, uh, Goddess of fertility, astarte as well. So there was all sorts of sexual promiscuity, and and that as regards the, the, the goddess of, of fertility, all introduced by by Jezebel. She was awful. Uh, so she sees she sees the king, and she's so sarcastic. Oh, you're a fine king of Israel. What's wrong with you? And he says, I oh, didn't like the king just to Ahab so, Naboth has a nice vineyard, and he won't give it to me. Like it's such a child. It's like it's such a childish little thing to do. You know what I mean? You can just imagine him kind of stamping the foot. I want the vineyard. Uh, And she says, oh, you're a fine king of Israel, aren't you? I'll get it myself. Like, she's she's kind of demeaning to him as well. I'll get it myself. What does she do? Sends letters to Naboth's village and says, to stir up a bit of hatred. And then it's it's crazy. Accuse him of rebelling against God and against the king and stone him. Like, no trial, no nothing. No way of defending himself. Accuse him of it and that'll be it. That's what happens and he's stoned to death. Naboth is stoned to death. And then... Uh, Jezebel comes back and says to her dear husband the idolater king of Israel uh, Ahab Come on, go, go take his vineyard now. So what does evil look like? Evil looks like you and me. That's what evil looks like. I mean who goes to confession? Well, well all of us. Why? Because we did things that were wrong. We did things that were evil does evil look like it looks like you and you and I it's 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 not always hideous and 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 visible sometimes it's so conceited there's even a, a thing in prayer circles called what they call the Jezebel spirit okay so sometimes in charismatic prayer circles you hear about this this Jezebel spirit and the Jezebel spirit so a lot of demons try to focus on on amplifying your your appetites so your appetite for drink, your appetite for pleasure, your appetite for, for food, your appetite for sexuality, whatever it may be. Amplify whatever the appetite is. Appetite, you know, appetite for power. Amplify it, get you to focus on that. And that's all that matters. And you do whatever you need to do to fulfill that desire. Uh, but Jezebel's spirit isn't quite like that. Jezebel spirit, it's much more kind of political and cunning and compromise with a smile. You don't really Go to Mass anymore, do you, Mary? Why why would you do that, Mary? Mary. Mary. Listen to me, Mary. Mary, we we've moved on. You know, we've all we've all moved on from the mass thing. You know. No one really does that anymore. It's just for old people. And you're look, you're still so young and vibrant and pretty. You don't need mass. You know, it's so <laughs> sinister. But it's always with a smile. You know, compromise. Compromise is what's important. I mean, you have your beliefs in the Eucharist. Um, I'm a Catholic, I have my beliefs in the Eucharist as well and what's important is just that we all get on it's not really important that we you know, cause division over the Eucharist let's not do that, let's, let's live in, in harmony and peace together And any of these teachings that divide us let's, let's just, let's just you know, find the common denominator that's what's important isn't it you know, it's awful, the Jezebel spirit is very, very alive and well today it really is, because when we start taking in political correctness or compromise as our, as our uh, modus operandi, like as, as, our, as our goal, as our, as our guiding principle, our guiding principle isn't fidelity or isn't obedience, our guiding principle is everyone coming together and everyone like, kind of dilute everyone's kind of belief so that we can all have a kind of a spirituality that doesn't offend anyone. A spirituality that doesn't offend anyone. Mm. Has anybody read the Gospels? Has anybody read what Jesus actually said and did? Doesn't offend anyone. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you whitewashed tombs. (laughs) Like, you brood of vipers. Like, not offended. Again, I'm not saying that we have the right, we do not have the right to go out there and be brutal with our faith and and beat people into the church and beat people over the head with the truth. No, you don't. Prudence first. Prudence first. Always. Always. Prudence comes first. What we say and how we say it, if we say anything at all, prudence first. Prudence before truth. Something may be true, doesn't mean you have to say it. Bless us and save us, Jerry. You're after wintering well. My goodness, you went a bit heavy on the desserts, didn't you? You must be what? About 20 stone by now. It may be, every word may be true. Just because it's true doesn't mean you can say it. Okay, prudence first. Prudence first. All sorts of guards of faith. But prudence doesn't mean compromise everything so that everyone is happy and no one's beliefs really matter as long as we have some sort of a spirituality that's just rubbish and that is also the effect of the Jezebel spirit like just kind of just kind of we're all just kind of compromising and it's all it's all good it's all good and this is what a lot of my generation would have been taught and would believe that that fidelity to the faith is not important because fidelity to your faith causes division what's important is that is that we're good people And then even like when I I was going to school, that's that's a while back now, we would have often celebrated the achievements of people who overcame great difficulties. So say, you know, uh, in in the Special Olympics or someone who's had an amputation and gets some sort of a prosthesis and is able to now run. And we celebrate those people. And well done, absolutely, absolutely. That's good. It's good that they've overcome all of these difficulties. But there's a big difference between that and what a saint does. See, a person who overcomes difficulties... What have they got? They've got perseverance, which is good. A person who overcomes all sorts of, of other vices or difficulties—what do they have? They have grace. Grace, you see, grace is divine help. That's different. So, we, 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 when we celebrate in the church, we celebrate saints. They had some heroic virtue, but that heroic virtue is made possible by grace. So, it's their yes, and God's grace. So, we're celebrating. In, in celebrating a saint, we're celebrating. The source of their sanctity which is God and that's why it's not idolatry everything they had came from God whereas if we just celebrate someone you know uh, Nelson Mandela or something okay he did great work well done to him but that's not the same as sanctity you understand this I'm not putting down his efforts or you know we're not getting into all that but but it's very different to celebrate human achievement or celebrate God's grace uh, active uh, in someone so this, this Jezebel spirit, as I say, is very, very sinister and very, very subtle because evil doesn't scream, like, evil doesn't have hoofs. Evil doesn't have a trident tail around there somewhere. You know, evil doesn't have fangs. Evil is, is what you and I do on occasion. Now, we're trying to do it, to do it as little as possible, but it does happen and I find that that thought is helpful otherwise we start to think it's it's them and it's everyone else's evil it's the sinners it's it's everyone else but your freedom my freedom the absolution that you have received the absolution that you needed was all bought for the Lord bought by the Lord on the cross and takes all evil on himself evil that also I have done and then washes me clean. And like it's just, uh, if we hold on to that thought, it makes us so less, so much less likely to think ourselves better than others, because like there go I, but for the grace of God. And this this Jesuit spirit, as I say, is it's it's alive and well and speaking an awful lot, and it gets a lot of traction because it it appeals to our politically correct minds because it smiles and as it's smiling it's diluting our beautiful faith so that there's nothing left nothing of any substance nothing of any real meaning Word of God you know it's just important that we <laughs> this is often just reduced to you know be nice that's, a, that's really the heart of our faith isn't it? be nice be a good person Nope, no it's not no it's not that is not the heart of our faith. The heart of our faith is Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ shows us that love dies for the other. That's the heart of our faith. The, the heart of our faith is, is, is selfless, self-giving, self-effacing love made manifest in Jesus Christ. That's, that's, our, that's who we follow. It's why we follow him. It's also what makes us capable of following him, because it all came from him. So this digestible this fear just dilutes all of that and reduces it all just kind of just mere human effort And us all just getting along, holding hands, singing Kumbaya. We're not singing that today. (laughs) Uh, But that's, it's not what the Lord, it's not what the Lord has called us to. It's not what the Lord is asking of us. He wants to be my disciple. Let him renounce himself. Take up his cross every day and follow me. (coughs) This is where true freedom is found so we ask the Lord today to, in, in, in a healthy way, in a healthy way, to understand our own sinfulness, but not to beat ourselves down, because we always, we always have to balance an awareness of our own sinfulness with an awareness of God's infinite mercy, and those two have to be held together. If we focus only on God's mercy, mercy, God is mercy. God is good, God is good, God is good, and there is no sin, well then we don't need mercy. Right, so you focus only on sin. Everything is sin. Everything is bad. Everything is dirty. Everything is, uh, then you get depressed. Because then there's ho- no hope. What's the hope? I'm just miserable. So we, we balance this. There's, the, there's, there's sin in me. There's evil in me on occasion. And there's also God's grace and God's love. And God's untiring arm that holds me up and lifts me out of any mire that I may have fallen into. And so, Lord, as we say at every Mass, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you. And this is true. But immediately, say about the word, and my soul shall be healed. And that's it. Lord, I'm not worthy, but you make me worthy. Lord, I'm, I'm not good enough, but you lift me up. And so then, whatever sins I've, I've made, whatever way I've, I've fallen, I never lose hope. The Lord can make a saint even out of me. So may the Lord, may we give the Lord permission to work in each one of us. And may he root out whatever separates us from him, that we may enjoy all eternity with him.